can we talk about what Iraqi thinks a 15 year old looks like? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all of them. Right. So like eventually if you, if you, if you're one of the people who's like watching along while and listening with us, so you haven't watched part five yet and have not seen what the characters look like. It's about a group of teen delinquents who, well, are, some of them are not teens actually. Okay, fair. So it's F- about, finally, it's about a, a group of teens and their two dads. They're I would all, say they're two moms. But I mean, go it's, ahead. It's, it's like Stardust Crusaders in that there's like is it, there's like a mix. But yeah, we are like very hardcore into Iraqi's twink phase. Yes, and so they're all like muscle twinks who. <laughs> There's a point in the at the very beginning of this this episode, Jorno's standing and we're looking at him from behind, and he, it's not like the the shoulder blades, the scapula. It's they're so the way they're drawn, it just looks like a a chest on his back. Like That's they're true so of ripped. Every character in this whole yes arc, their backs look like chests. Yeah, like it's just. Like it's completely bizarre. It's very weird. Like I want someone to do like a skeleton and organ location diagram <laughs> I'm for Jorno about them all. because like the rib cages are not where they should be, and like they have muscles up where their like sternum. I feel should like there be. was like a like a sweet spot when Iraqi actually knew what bodies looked like, and then he just went so far He's in like, the I opposite don't care. direction. Yeah, he like like at the beginning he was like. I know what an arm looks like. Six loaves of bread, like stacked yeah. sideways. And then he's like, wait, I'm going to calm down a little and I'm just going to draw Big an necks arm. on yeah. normal people. Yeah. And then he was like, in part four, maybe, he was like, oh, like, other than the little random 50% size people, like, <laughs> I pretty much have a, a grasp on human anatomy. For and adults, he's five, he was like, what if I keep going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, but what if? It's I'm like going to keep just, studying. Yeah, it's it's too much. Like, it's just... They're all anorexic gym freaks. Like I but but who don't even have actual human bodies. Except like, for actually so Mista has like a nice yeah. cushy tum, yeah. which is adorable. Mista is yeah. just like like your average per- like he's just a rectangle instead of being the weird hourglass. I mean he does have enormous pecs and arm muscles, yes. but his, he doesn't have defined abs. Yeah. Well, abs are built in the kitchen and Mista likes food. Welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Explainer, a podcast about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm Elizabeth Simmons. I'm Darius Kazemi. And I'm Courtney Stanton. And we are here to start talking about part five, finally. Yay. Benda Oreo. I'm going to be the, the Courtney this time, the Courtney of Stardust Crusaders. It's going to be me of Vento Oreo. I'm going to be the one who likes it. <laughs> well, you're also the one who I'm I'm leaning on you for the like, oh, that part's not in the manga yeah. or whatever, because I know you've read part five enough times and will probably be revisiting it. Yeah, I've actually only read it all the way through once, wow. but I have reread parts of it often and I went back to it a bunch of times to check with the anime. So an explanation. Jorno is my favorite Jojo, as you all probably know by now. And part five is my second favorite arc, but like with the understanding that it's not really the second best arc. It's just my <laughs> second favorite. Right. Because I love the main cast so much and because it's so gay. It is. It is very, <laughs> very gay. It's There's so no denying that. Gay. I would say it's either the most or second gayest oh it has to be second after part seven yeah i think someone on the internet one time said to me like part five is the gayest but part seven is the most romantic and i thought that that was a pretty good reading yeah Yeah, that's part of it it's Um, just it's like yeah part seven is like a a romance but part five is just crawling with gay characters so part five also like in this whole discussion we've been having this morning about why i like part five i totally forgot to bring up any of the sub villain couples yeah they're like they make the 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 arc 
which is why I would say that like, even though I think part five and part three are the closest in terms of like actual beat for beat action, where it's just, it's a, it's a lot of traveling and a lot of fights. The fact that it's all gay villain couples pretty much definitely makes it more interesting yeah. than like, oh, here's this random person who sort of has a tarot card. Well, cause, yeah. cause part three is grinder. Yeah. Like, like traveling the world as as uh, uh, doing your your gay travels and meeting people on Villain Grinder in every town you go to. Part four is being gay in a small town, and you kind of all end up having to be poly anyway. And then part, part five, five is, is like e harmony for gays. E harmony for gays. That's, <laughs> that's the mafia. That's actually yeah. when you make that commitment yeah. to join the mafia. That's that's like the commitment of marriage. Yeah, so. that's the the like e harmony monthly fee or whatever that's yeah. your uh, protection money <laughs> sure yeah i think i mean the thing about part five is that okay so i have a this is a lot, a lot of delving <laughs> into my psyche i guess stardust crusaders was a lot of courtney delving into his psyche and yes. and, and diamond is unbreakable was a lot of darius delving into his yeah. psyche <laughs> it's my turn baby so eventually we're gonna get to the final boss and then i will just speak at length about myself it'll be fine i guess we assume that if you've been here with us for 115 episodes or whatever you're you're in in for the long haul but anyway i'm like a huge sucker for like tragic gay love stories like i know that it's like i'm making air quotes problematic or whatever for it to be like oh the gays they love each other too much and now they have to die um but i fucking love that shit and because (laughs) like the villains in Vento Oreo are all gay couples and they're villains, so therefore you know that in advance that they're all gonna die. Yeah. It's just all of these little miniature tragic gay love stories, just like just like slapping you in the face repeatedly for however many episodes. And that's super fun for me. It's uh it's great. Yeah. I get to I get to go there over and over with all different kinds of gay couples. Yeah, like, that's I think true. part of it too. It's like my thing with like I don't I have a very low amount of patience for like they're gay they're in love now they're dead because it's usually like oh this is the gay character they found oh the, totally, totally the other gay character and since they were on screen for two episodes now they're gone no i'm not into that like right. the hundred style bullshit <laughs> right it's, but if everyone's gay and everyone's exactly dying, yeah exactly i mean That's it's different. like this is why i love like legend of galactic heroes like, it's just everyone's gay as hell but yeah. in a different way yeah, yeah everyone's gay there's the couples are all different some of them are tragic some of them aren't but like it all feels very earned and it all feels like an organically gay world yeah and that's i think that's the thing that like i think that's very true and it makes sense to me why you would really be into vento oreo because there's it's and it's it's just it's a lot of a lot of different ways to be queer yeah and then there's like a token straight girl running around maybe maybe we really don't know (laughs) well is it yeah is it gay if it's your stand uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, then we it's both... for sure gay if it's your stand. Then it's a lesbian. So uh, we're in Naples now. Yeah, beautiful Naples, the most stereo- beautiful crusty Naples, the most stereotypically <laughs> criminal town. If you've ever thought to yourself, I I can imagine what a mafia-run town would look like. This is it. It's like it's not breaking any sort of filmic tropes about how crime is done. They even play that that accordion music in the background yeah, you know, the, all the time. The music I like do we want to talk about like the slow orbital degrade of quality? Like it, so this episode and the next episode and for a little while after like it's really beautiful and really good and they're they're trying a lot of different stuff out and including like the music yeah like, it's just it's really neat and really um, interesting like in new animationy things eventually. yeah yeah um it definitely looks different than part four and 
I like it a lot. It was very exciting to watch this in real time because it was like, oh, God, what if all 39 episodes are like this? But don't They're worry. Not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will never know probably what issues David Productions ran into. I assume it's just like Shiro Bako. Um, yeah. Just like, they shit were doing the everything fan. at the last second. Through the course of this season, we had three clip show episodes. Yeah. It's and, two or three. And two then, or three. Yeah. Which is, this is the first time that a JoJo has ever had even one. Yeah. So they, they're clearly they were hitting production hiccups. And then there was three weeks of a delay to get to the last two episodes. And that delay was worth it. Like the last few episodes are really beautifully done. Yeah. But uh, like, I'm glad they took the time, but I'm also yeah. just like, I feel bad for that team yeah. because I'm sure it was brutal getting this out. Yeah. But in the middle, it definitely starts to wander a little and we get more into what I would consider like Stardust Crusader style narration where it's just sort of like, here's the fights. Right. And we're doing the fights and there's not a lot yeah. else. But yeah, so also, for now. Part five is, is not the strongest arc of JoJo's. I mean, it's not. It's Araki's second to last Shonen Weekly arc. Um, so it's right before he completely gave up <laughs> doing it weekly on giving a shit. Like, so this is the last time he kind of gave a shit. And then in part six, he was just like, seriously, fuck this. Fuck everyone. Whereas like um, to me, I like part six. But I like that the fuck this, fuck everyone. Right. Like that's the thing. I think there's a point in part six where it becomes clear. Like he knows that it's the end. And so I feel like there's like an energy in that where it's yeah. like, you know, you know, you're about to complete the very long arduous project. And I think like, part five starts to kind of drag where it's like, like whatever momentum he was able to like inhumanly keep to be able to be putting out a Jojo's a week for however many years. Yeah. Really flagging. And, and also just to give people some perspective, um, what years was Vento Oreo published? Like 95, 96? Uh, It ran from 95 to 99. Wow. Okay, cool. So that indicates to me that there were some hiatuses in there. I think Araki was, because, like, that's a much longer period of time than the past, than, like, Diamond Doesn't Break and Stardust Crusaders, which are basically the same length. Right. That's still so wild to me that Stardust Crusaders is the same length as Diamond Doesn't Break uh, Diamond Doesn't Break is two volumes longer than Stardust Crusaders. Wow. And Vento Oreo is, one, so it's, Stardust Crusaders is 16. Yeah. Vento Oreo is 17. Diamond Doesn't Break is 18. Wow. For reference, Steel Ball Run is 24. But that makes sense Yeah. Like Steel Ball Run is just yes. a monster. It's it's an epic. But so much happens in Steel Ball Run. I guess that's part of it. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, Steel Ball Run is also good. It's very good. And Stone, Although, Stone Ocean also has 17 like Ventoria. That makes sense. Th- like that feels about right. Yeah. So yeah. So we, we started in Naples, the town of crime. Uh, this isn't in the manga. Like this little montage where it's like, oh, hey, it's Giorno walking around yeah. observing crime. Yeah. The manga spends one panel being like Italy land of pizza and then uh, Koichi at the airport and then at the airport yeah. so we don't get any of this stuff which I, I appreciate it's a much gentler gear shift and like introduction to what the show is actually about to be also, like also it's just cute it is cute like yeah. I love Giorno obviously um, oh and like when we first like when this was airing we didn't know that they were gonna do pink Giorno that's right. Yeah. We didn't Cause know. In, yeah. Because pink Jorno is actually kind of like a rare variant. Right. Um, but they decided to make anime Jorno pink suit Jorno, which right. was a really good decision. Right. His The sort of canonical Jorno in the manga colorizations is blue. Yeah. There's like a literal golden wind that blows on Jorno's face. And I am being outvoted on the idea that it's kind of stupid. I think it's cute. I like it. It's on the nose, but I like I it. I mean, it kind of annoys me that they even decided to call Ventorio golden Same. wind. Same. 
very same. Right. Like, it's one thing if you're translating from the Japanese to English. Right. But in Japanese, it's called Vento, Vento Oreo, Oreo, which is the Italian for golden wind. Because so. set in Italy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Araki finally made his dreams come true. Yes. And was like, I'm just going to do it. Fuck it. The whole thing's in Italy. Instead of yeah. having random characters show up and talk about Italy or be from Italy. Everyone's from Italy. Although, I mean, he did that for, I mean, that was at least part of part two took place in Italy. Did it? Yeah. Like, oh, right. All their training. All their training. Caesar is Italian. Uh, Venice. Yeah. Caesar lives in Italy. Which means that any Empreg babies that Joseph and Caesar have would be half Italian. Like it basically, like part two takes place in like Italy and Switzerland. That's like. No, part two takes place in a, sh- I guess there's a Swiss chalet where there's a fight. Then they're in that horny tower. Yeah. Italy. In Italy. But uh, horny tower. Italy. <laughs> Joseph wears a, a bondage mask. In Italy. Italy. <laughs> See, I, so, this is, I don't. I Venice, don't, remember? I don't locate things in time. No, I remember that Lisa, they. Lisa, Lisa on the. On sending the mail. Yeah, okay. I guess. That was a while ago. With the. Uh, the uh, squid ink pasta. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand that all these things would be clues for a normal person to put it together. <laughs> I'm telling you that I don't remember things Susie like that. Q is Italian. Yeah, Susie Quattro. That means right. that there are a bunch of them are Italian. Italian, yeah. Well, I guess he's just revisiting and exactly. making it really Italian this time. We learned that Giorno was raised as Haruno Shiobana by his Japanese mother, yes. who Dio <clears throat> dropped a baby in. Giorno Giovanna... His name, Haruno Shibana. Both of those names in both the Italian version and the Japanese version, one of them is traditionally a man's name and one is traditionally a woman's name. Giorno is uh, Iraqi, decided to go all in on the uh, all the gender stuff he always throws into his <laughs> his boys. <laughs> so that that is a, a thing about Giorno. Because Giovanna is the... It's a the feminine woman's version of... of actually, I was in Venice last year with my family and our tour guide for something was named Giovanna. And she was like, my name is Giovanna. Like, it's like Giovanni, but with it. And, yeah, like, yeah. and I was like, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> very me. familiar. The most I know famous Giovanna. Giovanna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it's Yeah. So he's got a yeah, girl and name. From what and a I understand, name. Haruno is usually a girl's name. Cool. Is what I've read. Nice. Cool. Big pink suit, big titties. Yep. yep. Yeah. Titty window. Yep. He, oh, uh, God. he expands on Josuke's titty window. Josuke has the same titty window, but with a shirt underneath it with nipple Which, zippers. Looking right. back, very modest. Yeah. Jorno <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, dispenses with the, the undershirt. Well, it's southern Italy. It's Yeah, warm. it's pretty hot in Naples. Yeah, and I, I gather that his suit, from all the cosplay I've seen, I gather that his suit is like leather. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's definitely like very closely tailored because that's all yeah. their clothes. And Jorno has like these giant ladybug Nipple, nipple covers. Cover and then things. his jacket closes very low in the pelvis with another ladybug. Yeah. Right. Just subtle. Yeah. 15. Yeah. Sure 15. he is. That's, Good job. That's, that's definitely a thing. Yeah. Araki knows what 15 year olds are like. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Koichi is here looking for Haruno. Yeah. Because Jotaro has sent him on a mission, Jotaro was like, find this Haruno Shibana and get me a piece of his skin. <laughs> Normal things. And Koichi was like, sure. Well, because if Jotaro looking like that asked me to do anything, I would say yes. This is the hottest Jotaro like, will ever be. He's peaked in physical attractiveness. It's all downhill from here, unfortunately. Well, that's definitely true. I know. 
um, mostly for fashion reasons, but like he's just so hot. He finally figured out turtlenecks. Also, like, just the implications of the fashion. Like, yeah, how old is he? And he's wearing. I know what he's wearing. And yeah. part it's so can, good. Can we talk about his office? Because David Production yeah. added Jotaro's office. So what in, a gift! In the and manga, in the manga, he sort of appears as like a floating head flashback. Because he's on a phone call. Like, you know, he's on yeah. a phone call he with Koichi. He has Koichi. the photo, but he doesn't have like a background. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and David Production just added. They were just like, what does Jotaro's home office look like and, and it was a mood board and it's just starfish perfect it's so, so no, good. it's like a, a very tank. a very fancy rug yeah it's a really like nice very, rug i would love yeah. that rug and like wrap around built-in bookcases and like it's it's uh, it, a huge desk with like a blotter yeah it's like the greatest man cave just tons of starfish so yeah he has like starfish. a whole collage of starfish next to his tropical fish tank i mean this is two years after diamond is unbreakable so he's probably still working on his dissertation probably i guess yeah. that's true god what a glow up <laughs> I love him so much. Um, yeah, that's like the best part of the whole season for me is Jotaro's office. Like, it's just so Do you think he time stops to look at the fish in his fish tank when they're doing something cool? Probably. I mean, I would. So Koichi's like, hey, I'm here. I speak Italian because my boyfriend Rohan wrote you speak Italian into my book now. Yeah, so Rohan I, and Koichi are, are... His boyfriend taught him boyfriends. Italian. Yeah. That's... Uh, but we knew that already from the entirety of part four and thus boat. That's, that's right. That's Cause right. they live together. So which he has a little three on his collar now. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah so like the, it's, to, it's to signify that he's finished puberty. I think um, it's to <laughs> signify that he's three feet tall, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think that's actually a high estimate. Jodoro also has like really fancy collar points. Like it must've just been a, a thing. It was a trend. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Koichi, when we see Koichi at first, he is the height of a turnstile. God, so <laughs> tiny. Just the, He's just the littlest boy. Maybe he was wearing lifts the entire time in Diamonds Unbreakable. It's possible. Maybe, like yeah. his mom was like, stop embarrassing me. <laughs> <laughs> Be normal. Put these on. Uh, and he finally is just living his, his best self now and he stopped. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's running around and of course immediately he runs into the kid he's looking for, but he doesn't know it. And... Jorno robs him. Jorno rules. I love him. Yeah, and uh, I like. I don't know. I feel like Jorno's like way more playful yes. in these first couple episodes than he is for the rest of the the season. The arc. Yes. Well, things happen. I well, get. I get it. <laughs> but. No, it's but definitely. Yeah. This is definitely like. I feel like this is this beginning is the when the season is the most actually about Jorno, and then eventually it wanders away and is like. It's about fighting. And then at the end, it's like, oh, right, Giorno. We meet Bucciolati in this episode, yeah. and he's really, honestly, the main character of this arc. Like, yes. very quickly. Not like, the last time Araki's going to bait and switch you and be like, arguably, well, I still think it's Giorno. Sure. I, I agree, but I think it's like the, I think the, the camera, so to speak, yeah. spends the most time, more time on Bruno, really, than it does on Giorno. I think but. that, and this is like one of the reasons I like part. Five is because I think that it's really about the group. Sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it totally about is about the yeah. group. Four members of the group, but I might be biased. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, and I think that Bruno is like the more traditional like character to follow because he's the one who like changes his mind on things yeah. and like grows and 
yeah. changes a lot through the the story. Whereas Jorno, like, I mean, Jorno's more like a god. Yeah, no, Jorno was literally god. Can we talk about his stand now? Yeah, please. So, so, <laughs> so first of all, anyone who says that there's a stand better than Gold Experience in wrong. all of JoJo's is wrong. And it's not even. I've so much, been saying this since the beginning. It's not even better. It's just that he's literally God. Like he can create life out of things that are not alive. Yes. He's God. And this is before he powers up. Yeah. He doesn't he's doing it. Does his shown in power. There's up. no, he, he just starts out. He's a 15 year old who is God. Like, and that's <laughs> his beginning. That's the like level one safe state. All right. So Jorno is so OP. I think that's part of why he's not in as much of the season as like a traditional main character of a season would be in because he can't be because he's so OP that all the fights would just be over. Well, he does gain more powers and in fact get even more OP and I know (laughs) I mean, he forgets more powers than most people ever get in their entire anime lifetime. So yeah, in this episode, in the next few episodes before Iraqi forgot what Jorno's stat sheet is, (laughs) uh, he like this thing where he, if you hit something that he's created, like the force comes back on you, that's not a thing. Right. He never, he stops doing that. Um, Because that would be even more over Yeah. The main power that Jorno has is that he can turn any inanimate object into any animate object. Yes. Does this include humans? Never in the manga or the anime. I have seen at least one fan fiction in which Jorno tried to use it on people and they became like semi-animate. It's the traditional, like, you can't bring yeah, back the dead. Uh, like kind of golem type yeah. people. <laughs> but he can do it on body parts. Yes. That's just too much. Uh, but yeah, so that's what he can do. He's God. When The first time he we see him like use his, his stand with Koichi when he grows a little tree. Well, the first time is when he turns his suitcase into suitcase a frog. Suitcase into a frog. Oh, right. Is but, this an egg? Yeah. <laughs> Koichi, the egg expert. Koichi is well-versed in stands that are also eggs. But yeah, when he's like growing that tree, like a fucking choir plays because he's God. I love Jorno. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of like Italian religious iconography throughout. Yeah. Oh my God, at the end, Court and I were like dying laughing. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Like, and yeah. a church exists. Hello. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, somewhere there's a church. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> there's a lot like... And it's fine because it's appropriate, but like there's yeah. between right. that and then like Italian mafia movies, like those are the two visual. This is themes. the last time Art Rocky ever shows any interest in <laughs> in, in religion, <laughs> especially Christianity. Yeah, yeah, no, this is like he started. This is I think a, what this was a fleeting interest, and he, he was gives like, it up instantly. He's like, I can't get off of it. He's like, I just. <laughs> What about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Have we thought about him? You know, like they just cannot what about lay off. Priests? Yeah. Like How do they interact with vampires, for he's example? So <laughs> horny for a Christian God. Catholicism in particular. Yeah, which I love. Which is the gayest Christianity. That's so true. agreed. Um, so Giorno is God. Uh, he's gay. Is gay, way muscular, and carries around a picture of his very muscular gay dad. Right. In and his wallet. When Leaky I Luca, the stereotypical NPC who's asking Giorno for his uh, protection, money. protection money right? while his eye is leaking. That's his name. When he looks in Giorno's wallet for money and finds <laughs> Dio's sext pick, yes. his first thing is, oh, you have a picture of a family member in here. I have so many questions about Luca. I have so Luca. many questions. <laughs> what do you think a family is? Yeah, like that's what I do. I take nude pictures of my family and put them in my wallet. No, that's not how anything works. <laughs> not wallets. Not families? <laughs> I mean, I... 
Also, that's what he sees every time he takes out his wallet. He's like, uh, also, my absent dad. Side note, where did he get that picture? Oh, yeah. That's a really good question. Because it is is exactly the spirit text that he sends Joseph. (laughs) It's not like Dio front centered with his arm around Giorno's mom. Or like the bottom half of his body. Nothing. (laughs) Giorno's other dad. Yeah, so yeah, so like explicitly, this is how Araki worked his way into yeah. two men having a baby. So, together. this is the first Mpreg workaround yes. that we actually see. Yeah, like this literally. This is a word that I've joked about many times, and actually, it's a word that I coined. Mpreg workaround? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but it's like um, this I, is. There's no Google result earlier than my first tweet about it. Well, Amazing. But yeah, this is this is the first time Rocky was like, how would two men biologically create a baby? Yeah, right. Like and how can I make an mpreg happen without doing the whole ass baby? Yeah, thing that fan fiction does. Yeah, and this is Dio's head is on Jonathan's body and that chimera had sex with an with a Japanese woman. Right. And, and produced and women, produced women are tools. Women are tools. Yeah. And they produced <laughs> a baby that is apparently uh 50% Japanese woman and then 25% Jonathan, Jonathan and 25%, 25% Dio. So right. Jorno has two dads. He's the first of several characters <laughs> yes. who Araki has contrived to make have two dads. Yes. Yeah. But he's also the, the best. I was going to say <laughs> inarguably the best. Well, no, I'd say part eight is. Yeah, part eight is pretty good. Part eight is, is pretty good. Yeah. But so. yeah, Jorno, like. He's, I, he's not even the last JoJo dad. No, he's no. not. Um, I really, <laughs> I really love that. The, so, so Jotaro, I can't remember why Jotaro knows about Jorno in the first place. I think he. <laughs> uh, uh, I have no idea. Uh, I literally just watched this this morning. I think it's just like, I think it's intimated that like the Speedwagon Foundation detected. Yeah, that is intimated. But yeah, disturbance. I, I, Pirate Club connection. Also, apparently, Jodoro is that, you know, everyone has that family member who gets really obsessed with genealogy. <laughs> I sure do. Yeah, I know too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess Jodoro is obviously yes, that person for, for the sure. Joe Stars <laughs> somehow. He I probably. Mean, that's how he found uh, Josuke. Well, I think I'm, my theory is that, like, he was in, he was doing the, like, his due diligence as executor of Joseph's estate probably. and was just like, well, who's this going to go to? And accidentally turned up Josuke. And so now he's like, who else yeah. is out there? Um, and he keeps turning up fucking family members, so yep. he's probably never going to Well, stop. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like, oh my God, I have a daughter. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually why I want them to make part six, is so more people can know just how bad of a father Jodoro is. Oh, we're going to have such a fucking field day oh, when like, the twist is that Jotaro so... was the worst dad all along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Time. He was He's just been there being a bad dad. Yeah, and we you didn't even know. know it. You just <laughs> thought he was walking around solving a murder. <laughs> no. But he was also, also ignoring right. his actively Now you have to go dad. back and rewatch the whole thing, knowing the whole time that Jotaro is a bad dad. This is like <laughs> when every time he's talking to Koichi or hanging out with Josuke or hunting a rat or fucking Rohan. That's time he took away from his baby girl. That's <laughs> 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 another birthday missed. Like, oh my God. <laughs> He's such a bad dad. Terrible dad. <laughs> oh, right. And then Jordo also, apparently your children inherit your catchphrase. Mm. Yeah, so, he does a lot of Buddha. That's scientifically true. Yeah. So, but that's, so then I'm also wondering if like Holly spent a lot of her youth yelling, oh my God. No, she spent a lot of her youth saying like, 
Next, you'll say. Can you imagine how annoying that would be if your mom did that to you? Next, you'll say. Oh my no! Oh. I would be like, "Shut up, bitch!" You know. Yeah. So like, right? that's, that's how. Yeah, okay, and she yeah. would be like, "Next, you'll say, shut up, bitch.'" <laughs> <laughs> that's like I'm disappointed that they, we didn't get any like that. Iraqi didn't think to do that kind of thing earlier because that would have been funny as hell. So we do have the like obligatory scene for literally no reason other than um, Iraqi to be like. Just reminding you, JoJo's don't like women. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> we have a bunch of schoolgirls swarming Giorno and him being like, go away. Go away. I Literally. like being alone. And then proceeds and then he to spend Ko- the entire... And he sees Koichi and he's like... <gasps> yep. But also, like, he's like, I like being alone. And then proceeds the entire rest of the series to be like... Surrounded by young joined men. Joined physically at the hip yeah. with young men. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's a JoJo. How long does, in like real time, quote, does Vento Oreo take? Is it another like 30 day arc? Like yeah, part two, sure. I think, it's a, I think it's a summer also. Yeah, because yeah. we looked it up when we were talking about how long Stardust Crusaders took. Yeah. So according to the JoJo's wiki, Vento Oreo takes place over a week. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, says, it says that March 29th, 2001 is when Koichi shows up. Uh-huh. And April 6th, it's like in the manga somewhere, is the final boss. No. April 6th, that same year? Yes. I mean, they, I guess, well, because it's like a lot of it, it's, it's, it's like very severely time dilated because it's like they're on the train. It's shonen, this is the most shonen time it I've is. ever heard of. All right, well, let's have to keep, keep track of it because... Citation needed. So Giorno encounters Koichi... He he's like, Robs yeah, him. I'll drive you to I'll drive you to the city from the airport for he, like no money for no money. And then he just drives drives off with his luggage in there, leaving Koichi behind. But Koichi pulls out Echo's act three right. to just gravity the car down. Giorno thinks it's a malfunction of the car and just fucking runs away. Right. And. Giorno uh, is I, another one of these characters who doesn't know what a stand is. Yeah, I he also, doesn't know what a stand is. I yeah. appreciate that Koichi's like, you can run away. I don't care as long as my luggage is here. Yeah, and uh, but then Koichi looks to check his luggage, and that's where he's like, is this an egg? <laughs> and then it turns into, you see it, like it's like round, and it looks kind of like his luggage, and then it sort of transforms into a frog. And Koichi is apparently terrified of frogs. In between, it kind of transforms into the empress. It does a little but, bit. <laughs> yeah, it gets but a weird it face. A yeah. But yeah, so I guess I would be afraid of that too. You know, that's weird. Oh, you know, just like Josuke and Turtles. Yeah, it touched it touched him, and he was like, "This doesn't feel like a stand." Yeah, Yeah. because Giorno can make real living things like with like motivations. And so that's what's weird to me is that it's like the first thing we see is him stealing from those two tourist girls by turning the lira into butterflies. Yeah. And then they land on his fingers and he crushes the butterflies. Well, he, he just, well, they he, transform yeah, back. He into, transforms it's like them cars with elegantly. A squirrel. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like cars in a squirrel. It's actually very similar. Elegantly, to, yeah. <sighs> Fine. Anyway, the point is, is that this weird stand rebound thing doesn't stick around. So no, you don't have but, to keep track. Of but it. so he, so the, the frog comes back to Giorno because I guess that's a thing. Yeah. Well, that does stay around. One of Giorno's many stand powers is, that like if he makes something alive, he can have it come back to him, and he can also have it fi- like if he if he makes something he, from a thing, yeah. He like can if have he cuts off like to... a shoelace and turns that into a beetle, yeah. And someone walks away with their shoes, he can have the beetle follow that right the, to the go shoe. back to the shoe, that which it came is from. sort of like a variation on Josuke's whole like exactly heel drag, yeah, exactly. exactly. So the the frog comes back to Jorno. Leaky Luke is in the middle of like sort of interrogating him and he's about to 
to hit him with a shovel, which is sort of his signature move. <laughs> a shovel that says SPQR, which is a, the, 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 the motto Roman of thing. Rome. So he goes to hit Giorno, and he hits the frog. This is, by the way, the second frog who gets hit in JoJo's and survives. Right. Yeah. Uh, because this fucking Zappelli. Italians love hitting frogs. <laughs> But allowing them to live. This is true. Yeah, I love how Jorno's like, leave the frog alone. And he's like, fuck you, kill the frog. Fuck you and fuck you, fuck this fucking frog. Yeah, yeah I'm so gonna he, kill it. So he hits the frog. And Jorno's like, is just like expositing whatever. like crazy. Right, yeah. He's like, but if you, but it has its own will Life. and motivations yeah. and like, it's dreams just and protecting hopes. itself. It yeah. has never yeah. sold drugs to children. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and, and he hits the frog and, but truly hits himself. Yep. Stop hitting yourself, Leaky Eye Luca. So yeah, so he murders himself, I guess, because yeah. of bullshit that you don't have so to worry about. But there's yeah, this is like <laughs> one of two times where yeah. this, he has this power where if you hit a living thing that he created, it. it I'm hits thinking you back. like, does anyone ever hit one of his living things again? Yeah, that's true. But also like, why wouldn't you just be constantly bombarding like I mean, your enemy? Because you have shit. a thousand powers and you forget about one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jorno basically he doesn't know what stands are right, so he just woke up one day and was like. <laughs> I have a power and I can fuck it. Yeah. Like I have like not only do I, I have mean, he's like, like 15 so a yeah thousand that makes sense. powers but also like I have like a hot robot friend who will have sex with me. Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. At any time. So he's probably more focused on that part. Yeah. That's probably why he forgets. Yeah. But anyway Fact so, so Luca <laughs> Luca apparently doesn't die from this massive head wound. Apparently he's just unconscious no, no, no. and he, later oh, right. yeah. later the boss disposes of him because he's a liability. Which canonically, already clearly was because hitting right. people with a shovel is like not the yeah, subtlest but move. But canonically, Giorno does not kill Leaky right. Eye Luca. He merely <laughs> severely incapacitates him and causes him to die. Right. <laughs> Technically. I just pulled the trigger. It was the bullet that killed you. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I was just I was just in here thinking like if someone was like, this is the most incredible vibrator in the world and it could cure cancer. Like, how long would it take you to get around to figuring out how the cure cancer part works? Depends how incredible the vibe. That's what I'm exactly, saying. So, like, yeah. I don't blame Jorno yeah. for not really, like... <laughs> 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 People can keep track as much as they want, but the gang in this Inventorio actually doesn't kill a single person. Wow. They just torture them a lot. <laughs> they kill, like, thousands. I know. I'm like, really? <laughs> no. no there's, a lot of, like, there's a lot of murder No, I just this. wanted to see if you guys uh, would... Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no people die in this whole season. Um, yeah, I like that the sh- the show just starts off with like some murder. Yeah, so so then Giorno like gets on a train. He meets the most important man in Italy, Bruno Bucciolati, who is named after either a traditional Italian pastry or the Italian jeweler who makes extremely high end jewelry, like. He so ten times more fabulous than like Cartier and Tiffany. So he is also gay, and the way you can tell, unlike with Giorno, who is swarmed by women and then tells them to go away, with Bruno you can tell he's gay because he meets Giorno and immediately licks his face. Right, and then is like, I can put anything and, I want in your mouth. Yeah, which incidentally <laughs> is not Bucciolati's power. No, <laughs> right. neither the thing where he can taste if you're lying. No, nev- that's no. that's just an intimidation tactic. I think. Yeah, I think that fair. like he didn't. He doesn't even pretend that's his stand power. He's like, I just want to lick your face and yeah. make you feel weird, which right. he does. Yeah, but then the thing where he's like, I'm just gonna put body parts in you. 
I, my power is I can put anything I want in your mouth. That's like, not. That's the horniest no. interpretation possible. Right, yeah. of, it's a and very, already very horny stand. Uh, an and extremely his, narrow horny interpretation. Right. So his stand <laughs> is sticky fingers. He can unzip anything. Zipperman. He, Zipper he calls man, it Zipperman next episode. This whole season is like so far the height of stupid names for stands because... Yes. It, a lot of them are very, very obviously named after very litigious bands or songs by very litigious bands. And so it's not. It's it's Sticky Fingers. Just for reference, uh, Gold Experience is the name of a Prince album. Yes. So so more, more Prince JoJo's yes. goodness. But yeah, so he can zip the shit out of anything. Yeah. Zip and, and more, unzip. Yeah, he can unzip anything. And it's cool. I think it it's a very cool. cool stand. I like Sticky Fingers a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's put to some dubious use later on. It's pretty I, funny. I absolutely understand why people ship Giorno and Bucciolati. Yeah. I don't have agree like a, with it, but They I have like a it. sexy mentorship relationship. Yeah. I, I, was a, I don't condone Spoiler. it, but I understand it. I would yeah. happily yeah. watch an entire season of a TV show that is just Bruno smacking Giorno in the face. <laughs> I, Period. Same. I uh, there is a really fantastic fic that <laughs> is a three way between Giorno, Mista, and Bruno. Oh yeah, and it's just it's just great. Nice. It's the good shit. Nice. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, would you rather have a live pigeon put in your mouth or a a dead or unconscious guy's fingers put this in your is, mouth? This is how you meet cute in Italy. It I is mean, that's just you how put it works. Something in, Someone's, someone's mouth. mouth. You put something in a guy's mouth. She sure do. <laughs> um. Live pigeon or dead fingers? I'm going with dead fingers. I'm going with the the fingers can't poop. Man, this is a hard. The one. fingers kind of already are poop, but though. the fi- but like birds stress poop, and I don't want to know what that tastes like. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but finger. Well, I guess fingers too. I've had fingers in my mouth. I guess fingers are smaller than pigeons too. Fingers? No, I have not had dead fingers in my mouth. But I'm saying I at least have a point of reference. <laughs> I mean, true. you've had dead bird in your mouth too. That's true. So. Yeah, but not live bird. Yeah, with, like feathers and shit. But. Yeah, See, yeah and it yeah, moves, I think fingers. Moving. Also, fingers are smaller. Fingers yeah. are smaller. I think the size is what really gets yeah. it for me because because he also he also says I could put that uh, fire extinguisher that big thick. <laughs> cylindrical fire extinguisher in your mouth and but it would probably kill it you it would probably kill you yeah so so does Jorno canonically have a baby soft mouth because he can only fit like three fingers Aww. in his mouth or is it four I can't remember how many Bruno shows in there yeah but it seems to take up the whole space I mean the thing about the Jorno and, and Bruno as a ship which we'll get into <laughs> unavoidably yes is that they're both very obviously in other committed relationships but <laughs> that's but, true but Especially Bruno, honestly, at this stage. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they don't have sexy vibes going at each other. I can see that. As part of their, like, whole deal. I agree. Deal, like, good-naturedly fighting for power in their little group. Well, and this is also, like, a like a very traditional JoJo's thing where it's like, we're going to fight, so it must be, like, like sexual tension because we haven't yeah. had all the team-ups yet. Yeah. So This is true. This is one of our last, like, fighting means sex. Yeah. In all, like basically all of jojo's so yeah and then it's just like he and, and bruno are gonna fight on a train yeah that's it and that's my version of the theme song since we don't get a theme song and yet. bruno makes a nice licking sound Blah. oh yeah Blah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes and then and then after the lick it's to be continued yep. basically so so yeah that's it will that's bruno episode. lick the rest of jorno's face not, will jorno lick his face <laughs> find out next we'll week find out next week 
JoJo's Bizarre Explainer is recorded in Portland, Ora Ora, Oregon. You can follow us on Twitter at ExplainJoJo or find us on the web at ExplainJoJo.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us the kind of review that I would leave for Giorno Giovanna. 